From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our co-host and producer, Elaine Harlan. And unfortunately, tonight, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, is uh, under the weather tonight. And so we'll uh, we'll keep him in prayer. Welcome. Great to have you with us. And tonight, we're going to take the gloves off and talk about, you know, when God just gets down and dirty and makes (laughs) things happen. And we're going to talk about hope, and we've got two sisters with us tonight uh, that'll just bless you with the stories of how powerfully the Lord works in our lives. We'll introduce you to uh, Wayna and Janet in just a couple of minutes. By the way, a a big thank you since last we met here on Lighthouse Live to uh, True Light Community Church and our our good brother, Pastor Carl Bryant, the Mm -hmm. new senior pastor there. We had such a great time there. Great. Yeah, two Sundays ago, and, uh, to, and and to break bread with everyone, uh, or chicken wings, and all sorts of stuff there afterwards was just a just a delight. Just that love is. sharing mm-hmm. uh, with that particular body of Christ, and you know it, it's it's great when you get together with people who just get it mm-hmm. in terms of the church getting outside the four walls uh, of our homes and our buildings into the community to connect the way Christ did, the way the apostles did, and. Um, man, it just gives you goosebumps it does. when you're in the it presence of those fun. folks. Yes. Well, listen, we want to get going here because we have some great stories to tell. Let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a story of real-life Jesus freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. In 1993, Pastor Mehdi Dibaj stands alone before the Islamic court in Iran and speaks with eloquence and determination. Men choose a religion, but a Christian is chosen by Jesus Christ. I prefer to know that God the Almighty is with me, even if it means that the whole world is against me. The court condemns Dibaj to death, but a month later, after the case draws international attention, he is released. Later, Dibaj is abducted and found dead in a park in Tehran, still faithful to the end. For more stories of martyrs who spoke without fear, go online to persecution.com. You know, Elaine, uh, many times in our Americanized version of of rolling out a a life of faith, sometimes we get wrapped around the axle with business plans and goals and objectives. And, you know, it's just a natural thing in our our Western thought, and, uh, you know, we, we face challenges. I mean, real ministry is messy. You know, if, yes. if you're, as, yes. as, as one 
Old wise sage pastor said, if your tunic doesn't have any blood on it, you probably haven't been in service yet. And uh, there's a <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, Wayne is tripping yes, over that she one. Knows. <laughs> she she knows. goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just thinking back to uh, Hebrews 11 and, uh, and the writer talking about all those giants of the faith, Abraham and, uh, and so many others. And in verse 13, the writer says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them at a different, at a distance. Yes. And talking, mm-hmm. and then goes to talk about how we're aliens mm-hmm. and strangers. You know, sometimes we, we, we want the whole puzzle piece. We want to see the grand mosaic. But, you know, God often calls us to do that one job. You know, he calls us to be that one little puzzle piece that just fits in, in like a grain of sand into the grand mosaic of, of his plan. And each one of those is terribly significant, you know, and, and even though we may not see the, the big picture and, and think, well, you know, I'm not sure that we're making a difference. Yeah, we are. If we're, we're on answering the call that God has given us, we're fitting into his big picture and uh, we can welcome it right. from yeah. a distance. So now. oftentimes we want to see it right now. And we don't realize yeah. it. Well, it's, it's not always in our time. Kind of the In-N-Out Burger thing. And I yeah. love In-N-Out Burger, oh, as yeah, you know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we, we get so steeped into the instantaneous gratification mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, we're, we're talking about an eternal plan here. Right. You know? right. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, just, just a reminder there. Well, let's check in, too, with our friend Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Another blatant case of persecution and harassment toward Christians is unfolding in Ventura County, California. As a 15-year, highly praised sales professional in Macy's cosmetic department, Lanny Branfield had asked not to work on Sundays. Her supervisor gladly granted the religious accommodation, which is supported in both California and federal law. Well, recently, a new supervisor insisted that she work on Sundays. Her refusal to do so led to her termination. California law cites the right of workers to seek accommodation specifically for Sabbath observance. Well, PGI is fighting hard to maintain our religious freedom in the workplace. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And you know, friends, those services provided by uh, Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute are pro bono. Uh, they don't charge for that. Mm, it's uh, attorneys right. up and down the state who love the Lord, uh, you know, using their skills uh, to to further the the gospel and and also to to assure the rights that that we have been given. Uh, you know, one of my great heroes of all time, Elaine in baseball, oh. is Sandy Koufax. Yes. And yes. Sandy Kof, I grew up in L.A., you know, and, and I know up here in the Central Valley, you say you're a Dodger fan. People grow fangs, you know, the blood starts dripping from their teeth and they start howling at the moon, you know. But, I, I, you know, hi, my name is Mike. I'm a Dodger fan. You know, I mean, what can I say? Support group for you. Yeah, support, yeah, they're a support group for you. 12 7 uh, 90 right feet forward. anyway. We'll walk the bases. The bases. Uh, so I, I mean, I grew up with Sandy Kofi. One of my yeah. earliest recollections of baseball was listening, you know, to Vin Scully and Jerry Doggett. And I remember watching Sandy Koufax's perfect game, you know, and, 
And uh, here was a, a guy, an Orthodox Jew, mm. who, mm. and it was known that he, he would not pitch on the Sabbath. Wow. You know, on his Sabbath. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and what a great player, a man of integrity. You know, I mean, it's before the days of steroids, and, you know, these are the days when baseball players were men, you know, and they could be men by just with yeah. what God gave mm. them. And I'm not editorializing. I guess go I am, ahead. but yeah, yeah I'm but just, go ahead. I'm just saying you that, can do that. Yeah, you know, it's back, back when some of these guys are real heroes and, and here's a guy who, you know, stood for, for his faith. And, and that's what we're, uh, that's what we're talking about. Not an in your face type thing. He was a gentleman. He was a gentleman and it was just respected. You know, here, here's a guy that we're going to respect his, his faith. And that's basically what, you know, Brad Dacus is talking about here Absolutely. as well. So we encourage you to pray for and support the Pacific Justice Institute. And also in these days of, um, declining donations and such to, uh, churches and nonprofit mm-hmm. agencies, we yes. value your prayers and, and your financial support as well here at Advancing Vibrant Communities and Lighthouse Live. Remember, you can, uh, find out about new opportunities to serve at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. And also call our Angel of Mercy here, Elaine Harlan, and uh, she's happy to talk to you on the phone at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Sandy Koufax still around? Yeah. He would be how old now? Well, no, that would reflect on how old okay. I no, am, no, 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 so we we're not going to go there. Go there. We won't go there. No, Instead, no. we will just... <laughs> He's um, a young, retired Okay, we'll just segue player, into the Volunteer yeah. Center of the United He's Way well before, seasoned. before I get into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> the Interfaith Ministries is having a, a volunteer gleaning program, organizing groups of volunteers, kind of a harvest glean, high-quality fruits and vegetables left in the fields. Hmm, kind of a Ruth and Boaz story Mm -hmm. maybe. Throughout Stanislaw County during this year's picking season. And if it keeps raining, I don't know how much of a picking season we're going to have. But uh, this abundance of fresh produce will be uh, distributed to over 50 member churches and organizations in the Interfaith Ministries Food Coalition. A five-acre cherry orchard project is available June 13th through the 17th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Patterson. And uh, volunteers are needed to help pick the fruit to help people in our community. You know, I talked to uh, somebody who who does cherry farming the other day. Really? And I, I think I have this right. Because I asked him, you know, with all the weird weather that we're having here and, and the cold and the <laughs> rain, is that bad for the cherries? And he says, not really for ours. He says, what the pro- because it preserves it, you know, mm, the, the oh, colder okay. weather. He says, what really does them in is when really hot weather follows right afterwards because oh. they, they split open. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, new things you can always... Just, just learn something well, new then, all the then time. you know that. Right? Tree, yes. Yeah. Oh, right. So we it's not the cold weather. It's the, it's the hot city. weather that does it. If they've been rained on and then mm-hmm. it's like boiling them. I'm sorry oh, for interrupting my. you. No, no, no problem. Yeah. I just Actually, I'm not we, sorry, but I'm I, being polite. You, you <laughs> I'll get you back. We had some wonderful cherries here last week. Someone gave them to they us. They were Aren't awesome. They good? Yes. yes. All right. right. So if you're, anyway, back to this uh, interfaith. Because when it gets project, hot, it's really the pits. It is know. the pits. Any sorry. other? Okay. If you're, you'll think of one. I know. <laughs> if you're under 18, you'll need to be with a parent uh, and wear comfortable clothing, maybe some clothes to choose, hats, sunscreen. Of course, that's. <laughs> That's if we get some sun. Yeah. And of course, we're uh, assuming there won't be any, any more. Bring your parka. 
Yes. And also now with the fair season coming on, we've got the California State Fair and July 14th through the 31st Cal Expo in Sacramento. They say it's going to be bigger and better with new features and attractions like big bugs. This is a gigantic robotic insect kind of thing. And I know, I, you know, this just this may appeal to you, Mike. I don't know. And if Mr. Al were here, a giant he would, yeah. robot bug. Yeah, this is kind of a big okay. feature attraction okay. ride kind of thing. And they're having a rock you, kind of highlighting the history of rock and roll. I, I'd be all with that, you know. But California's Golden Fair celebrating the 200-year history wow. of fairs mm. and expositions in North America. And volunteers, okay, this is the part we get excited about, are needed to share information highlighting our community at the Stanislaw County Booth Exhibit in the county's competition part. Wouldn't that be so, great? Yes. Be part of that? It would be. You so, know what my favorite part of the state fair is? What is your favorite Do you care part? what my favorite uh, part is? Not really, is? but I'm sure I'm oh. going to know I do <laughs> really. <laughs> I love the pig races. The pig races. Have you guys okay. seen the pig races? No, I might. I've missed Janice, that one. Oh, they are so, that is so cool. And those little, <laughs> you know, those little things get do down that again. There. No, I might hurt myself. I do that again. We wouldn't want but you to do no. that. No, no. no, but it was really cute. I mean, those little guys, you know, and they 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 run. Yeah, they they fast. are really they are really fast. I love those. And the guy you who calls the pig like races. Is it like horse racing? You bet on that? No, sure. no, you don't. Just I mean, I don't bet on them. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but do you call these races? I mean, have you like I've never called them or a anything? pig race. Never called this first time. I ever? could. I think we need to, we need to make an could. appeal for Mike. To do this that. could be <laughs> a new <laughs> career move for has, Pastor, has Pastor right Mike, the pig caller. A new hobby. The pig race caller. Just think about that. We could make headlines in the beat. Yeah, hog wild over there. Wayne Adonis. Okay, I'm sorry. Were you trying to finish? Okay. I'm not sure. Like? I want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Go see the pig races. Go see the pig races All with right. Pastor Mike. Yeah. Volunteers okay. should right enjoy next. working with the public and pigs. I'm not sure, but you should have a knowledge of our county. Back to the county fair, uh, California State Fair, that is, and be available for. Uh, a four-hour shift on a Saturday and Sunday in July, either on the 16th, 17th, 23rd, 24th, or 31st. And if you're not thoroughly confused by now, you ought to be. <laughs> and are we excited about this? West Modesto King Kennedy Neighborhood Collaborative West Modesto Farmers Market opening Tuesday. That's mm-hmm. tomorrow, June Yay. 7th from 3 to 7 p.m. at Mellis Park. It'll be open to the public every Tuesday evening through August 30th, and it features fresh fruits, veggies, vendors, healthy food corner with educational, nutritional information, demos, children activities, and I'm excited about this, and you will be. Music provided by on-site DJ Powerhouse Entertainment, Eugene Bogarin. Oh, yay! Yes. Yay! Eugene is one of our Phoenix friends. He is a wonderful is servant, awesome, isn't he? And he's going to be providing the music for this. And uh, Eugene's been out with us as we've uh, done graffiti wipeouts yes, right in that area, in the Briggs Ditch area. And, uh, yeah. and he oh, also attends the PAC meetings. Great with brother. Us, so you guys know. Yeah. He is awesome. Yeah. Anyway, volunteers back to the uh, King Kennedy <laughs> Collaborative here and the Farmers Market. Uh, ages 16 and up are needed Mondays from 10 to noon. 
to help distribute flyers throughout the neighborhood, and Tuesdays from 9 to 11 to help set up, hang signs, and put up tents, and all the fun stuff. So call Barbara Borba on any of this fun stuff, including the pig races, and she'll say, what? What are you guys doing? I can Five, see it now. I can see it too. Mike, what's with the pig races? I love the pig races. Call Pastor Mike. He's That's the right. expert on that. 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, Barbara Borba can be reached at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba at uastan.org, and she'll take good care of all of your questions. You know, people are in dire need all over our country mm-hmm. right now. What with all of the um, tornado activity and all of the winter, uh, all of the weather happening, I should say. And and, uh, we are definitely keeping all of those people in prayer. And here at ABC, we have families that need everything from beds to refrigerators, dressers and sofas and and, and men and women needing bicycles for transportation uh, to and from jobs and job searches. Dear friends, if you have any of these household items or bicycles laying around uh, your uh, home, please call it in to us. Uh, you want to make these donations to us, we will provide the furniture friends to come over to your place, pick it up, and deliver them to the homes where they uh, these items are needed. Our number here is 209-544-9571. Again, that's 209-544. 49571 and we will make those connections for you. It's just as simple as that. Well, both tonight's guests have been with us before, and yet they have returned for more abuse. I don't know why, <laughs> but we thank you. <laughs> we have a doctor and pastor, Wayna Pritchett, and Janet Wright of Potter's House Food Ministry and of the Pact Parole and Community, community Team, both of them. Yeah. And uh, tonight we get to hear the story of how they met and became best friends. And this is just an exciting story. (laughs) And uh, there is no better uh, storyteller than Wena. Oh, thank Uh, you. I'm telling you, it's just uh, an awesome story. So uh, girls, take it away. Okay. Well, first of all, we want to say thanks for allowing us to come and share. Um, You know, I think probably Janet and I's major thing in our life is if we've done anything that would influence anyone else's life to reach out and let God do anything and everything he needs to do. I mean, that, that's what we want. Mm. So, um, I think telling our story is just how God took people from two complete different spheres, you know, um, and I'll just start way back where I, I came into food ministry. Um, I was a pastor of a little tiny church at Potter's house in series. And, and my son had gotten himself into some trouble. So I ended up with, um, his little girl, uh, from birth. She was five months old. We had just started the church and, um, her and I, my friend Marlis weekly, who was a teacher in series for 40 years, uh, we were in the car together riding along and, um, there on the corner of Mitchell and Hatch road was a big empty field. And there was a man sitting out in the middle of this field and he was just sitting on a bank on a bedroll. And Marlis, being just the precious woman that she was, said, Wayna, do you think he's hungry? I said, well, Marlis, he probably is. And they had just put a KFC in across the street. Mm. And so I said, you know what? We'll just go over here to KFC. And we'll grab him a lunch and, and take it over. And so we stopped at KFC, got a three-piece meal, and I drove right out into the middle of the field. Mm. And we got to him, and I said, brother, are you hungry? And he said, 
I just told God I needed help. Mm. And I said, well, he heard you. Mm. And uh, so we got out of the car and gave him the meal, and we sat and talked to him while he was eating. He wouldn't tell us anything more than just that his name was Mac, uh, not where he came from or how he got there. He just he just wanted to tell us thank you. And, um, you know, we didn't learn a lot about him other than that he was just somebody who was down on their luck at the moment. Um, when we left there, Marla said, boy, that, you know, that's really something that people are hungry. I said, Marley, there are a lot of people mm-hmm. in the area that are hungry. We just don't know it. And she said, well, then we have to do something. Well, I didn't know what to do. And she said, I think we should have a food ministry at the church. Okay. <laughs> I uh, didn't know how to do that. So I started making phone calls. You know, how, do you have a food ministry? Yes, we do. Well, how do you do that? So they told me where to go get applications and, you know, for different things. So we we did. We went and filled out all the applications and, and did all, you know, we jumped through all the hoops. And next thing you know, we were able to get some bread and, you know, whatever from Interfaith Ministries, who you advertised for. Right. And um, so we would go over and pick it up and take it over to the church. And then we bought food from the food bank. And um, so once a month, we would have these big grocery bags that we would we would put together. But. Every week, we would have this bread, and we would put a sign out in front, free bread, and people would come in, but we always had to have some left over. Always ended up with some left over. What are you going to do with that? I said, let's just leave it outside. You know, that way if somebody's driving by and they see it out there, maybe they'll take it. Okay. For somebody to clean. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I, what was, I wasn't going to take it home, you know, and I wasn't going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I was raised in poverty, too, so it's like, no, you're not going to throw that away. We're just going to, you know, we'll just leave it out in front. We did. And, of course, the next day when we would go back over to the church, there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. You know, someone always took um, what was out there. And so <laughs> it came this one day, Justice, who is my granddaughter, was five months old. She was teething. She was real fussy. Mm-hmm. And um, I had her on my hip, and I went to, the, to do the food ministry that night. Nobody showed up to help me. And so here I am with this crying baby on my hip, and I'm trying to do it with one hand. And, you know, after a while, you have these people lined up outside the door, and you have to say something. And so I just went, opened the door, and I said, I'm sorry. She's teething. She's fussy. And no one showed up to help me. I'm trying to do this the best I can. Please be patient. And there was this woman standing at the front of the line. Uh And she said to me, you want some help? (laughs) And I said, "Uh, uh, uh, sure. (laughs) And so she turns around to her friend and she says, come on, Debbie, let's go. And I was like, dear God. (laughs) Okay, Lord, this is not funny. I have these two women and I could tell no more than I knew about drugs and things. I knew that the woman was twisted to the hubs. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, real tight. And then and other sister smelled, reeked of alcohol and was twisted to the hubs. And here I am, this lone woman in this building with these two women that I was totally scared to death of. And I'm trying to protect the baby. And, you know, and and then she says to me as she walks by me and I shut the door, she said, by the way, you've been doing it wrong. (laughs) And I said, well, okay. (laughs) <laughs> thank you <laughs> what, go ahead do whatever it is you think you need uh, to do and so um, in about five minutes 
she had everything done. She changed everything, but everything was finished. Oh, my goodness. And I said, oh, that was quick. <laughs> and then she opened the door and said to the people out there, you guys have taken advantage of her long enough. You're going to do it my way. Do you understand? And they were all very submissive. Okay, Janet. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, I have a woman of power here. Yeah. You know? And so they they came in, and they were very nice. We didn't have the havoc and the chaos that we usually had at all. It went very quickly and quietly, more or less. And uh, everybody was out the door, and we still had a little bit left over and put it back outside. And um, she said to me, do you want me to come back and help you next week? <laughs> And I said, uh, sure, sure. <laughs> and um, don't start crying. Um, she did. Mm-hmm. And she came back every week after that. And um, we would, it was our food ministry Bible study night. And so we would have our food ministry. We'd give away what we had. And then we would have a dinner together. And we always made more than what we needed. And we always invited the people that would come to get from the food ministry to stay for dinner and then we would have bible study and so i asked janet several times do you want to stay for dinner no and she would just come and help Mm. and then she would be gone and she would come and help and then she'd be gone and um finally one day i said do you want to stay for dinner she said no but i'll take some home with me because i have three big boys (laughs) and i said you do and that was actually the first time that I got a chance to even really talk to her. Mm. Um, I didn't know she had three big boys until then. And so we loaded up styrofoam trays with what we had and sent home with her. And um, she stayed the next week. Or, maybe Janet, I don't know, a couple of weeks. It took a while. Yeah, it was you. a process. It was a long process. Um, finally, she stayed for dinner. And I sat, I made sure I sat across from her and we talked about... Um, our lives, you know, mm-hmm. and that's Wayna always girl. did more talking than I did. <laughs> you I think. know. Do well, you think? <laughs> she was trying to pull it out of me. I you was. Know? Oh yes, and it so, worked, didn't it? So now, Janet, what? Yeah. What? I'm curious. What did you see that that first encounter that you thought this has to change? What, what, well, what did you see um, you had to do differently? I had lived um, uh, both sides of the track. I am a preacher's daughter. Okay. And so I've not always been high, but uh, <laughs> I certainly was then. <laughs> but um, uh, I had uh, worked in several food ministries, and, and I um, it was a gift that God had given me. And, um, oh, I can put that all together, organize that and put it all together and pass it out um, with a quickness. And so um, the way I started going there, not to back it up, um, the bread that was outside. Mm-hmm. When you're going home at two o'clock in the morning, you come up over the overpass. It's a quick stop just to hop out and grab that bread. Uh-huh. And that's how we started that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so God uh, purposed to have you at the head of the line there, didn't he? He did. Well, yes, but at the time it was because I was. You were hungry. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It probably wasn't that. As um, she was Janet, the dominant one in line, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yes. And you were I, asserting your spiritual gifting. Totally. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because yeah. after this little talk, what became of that? Well, for the longest time, um, I was still, um, I didn't share a lot. 
you know. Um, not everything is everybody's business is what I would tell uh-huh. her. And, um, and that carried through for a long time. You know, whenever you live in the lifestyle of uh, uh, drugs and um, mm-hmm. manufacturing of drugs and, and certain things, you don't open up easily. And so at some time, but, you know, she was patient. <laughs> and, and, and Wayna, yeah. tell about the moment that the praising part, I want to hear about that. Oh, well, yes. I, I kind of got to get to there. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so finally Janet uh, came to the place where she would stay for dinner. And then, you know, over process of time, she stayed for Bible study. And so that's actually how I got really to, to kind of know her. And then I invited her to church. And that wasn't happening. Mm. But then one day... I I stayed after her, and uh, my son knew her. And so he said, hey, Mom, do you want me to go get Janet and bring her to church? I said, w- would she do that? And he said, yeah, I said, go get her. And so he went and got her. Now let me tell you how that would go. Yes, you do that. <laughs> he would bang on my door, and he'd say, hey, um, Mom's wondering, you coming to church? Well, you know, um, I said, you got to let me get right for the flight, brother. You know? <laughs> so I had to get high to go to church. Uh-huh. And so um, I would get high and get dressed, and I'd go to church. And as soon as church is over, it's time for me to go. You know, those of addiction, we have things to do. Right, right. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So she would send her son out there to go get me. And knowing how generous the church had been to me, I couldn't just say no, you know. Yeah, it was a gift of obligation. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. I had to go. Yes. All right. <laughs> so Janet and Debbie both lived in like travel trailer things on this man's property, and the county went out and told him, you have to move those trailers. And so they came and said, you know, we have to go. And I said, where are you going? They said, we don't have anywhere. Uh, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. By then... Um, I loved those women mm. with all of my heart oh my. and cared completely, you know, about what was going to happen to them. Sure. I went to my board. You had something to say? I went to my board and I said, we're going to help them. Debbie's trailer is movable and we're going to put it out in back of the church. And not everybody had that love like you did. No, not everybody <laughs> did. Um, and my son, because I had had a conversation with my son about it too, and I, we knew someone that had an old motor home that they weren't using. And so we borrowed it for Janet and, uh, we put that motor home in the back of the church and Debbie's trailer in the back of the church. Of course I was threatened with getting fired and I just said, Oh, well, you know, God, you know, I do, I knew that it was something that God would have us do kind of like getting out of the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, we we put them out there. And the next morning I went by the little Java hut down the street from my house and got some frappuccinos with extra shots for Janet and <laughs> went to the church. And uh, there was a man came out of that motor home. And I said, uh, 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 Jan- <laughs> Janet. And I, who, who, she said, that's my husband. I haven't seen him in three years, mm-hmm. but he showed up last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I you know, just within me, I just said, God, I don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'll hang with you as long as you're doing. So um, 
Anyway, um, that I I was in a whole lot of trouble by then because I realized that the the restroom in the motorhome didn't work, uh-uh. and uh, uh, so I gave Janet a key to the church. She gave me the keys to the you, church. Done. I'm done. Done. You yeah. gave her the keys to the church. Yes. Drug manufacturer, okay. and I gave her the keys to the church. <laughs> uh, of course, I, you know, I was I was dodging bullets, uh, uh, yeah. you know. But uh, you know, I just I knew inside, God was able to do abundantly, exceedingly, mm-hmm. and so I hung on to that and said, "You better abundant, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you better exceed, okay." <laughs> um, so. One morning, I got up, went by the Java Hut, and got the frappuccinos with the extra shots for Janet, and got to the church. And when I got there, the music was really loud when I pulled in the parking lot. And I thought, wow, in there, just, you know, banging the equipment. Okay, I think I'm in trouble, but I won't tell anybody. And so um, I, I went parked behind the church and walked in the back. And, and when I walked into the sanctuary, um, Janet's face was red and swollen and um she was just very shaken hmm. and i said jan what's wrong i thought something horrendous had happened and um do you want to tell that part well, janet and you know, um, having the key to the church gave me the opportunity to um be close to God the way I needed to be close to him, mm. which was with the stereo all the way up most of the time. Mm. But that gave me my time of praise and worship that um, I needed to have. Because not everybody is your Sunday Christian that, you know, grows up and everything's hunky-dory. Or, you know, I, I I had many, several, several years of uh, of uh, a ravaged life mm. and raised three boys in the middle of that. Wow. So you were praising God. I was praising God my way, which was really loud. <laughs> and um, I think I had more bruises up and down my legs from my um, uh, tambourine. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I actually, it, it was a wonderful time because we kept the grounds up and, and we got to um, worship God all night long. And, um, you know, the walls of that church just must have had a good time because, you know, the sounds and praises to God was all night long. It wasn't just on Sunday. It was a good thing. Can I get you to hold that thought? Certainly. You you ladies for just a moment because I have a special, we have a special um, little song for you just this week because the David Crowder Band uh, sings this week's song on Lighthouse Live. It's entitled Open Skies. Yes, everything breathing, praising God, and we'll be back. Mother, open skies, everything breathing, praising God. In the company of all who love the King, I will dance, I will sing. It could be heavenly. Turn the music loud, lift my voice and shout. From where I am, from where I've been, He's been there with me. He's built a monument. His very people. So let his people sing, sing, sing. It's so wonderful just to be here now. Praise the Lord. 
Pastor Mike, Thank Elaine, you. and our very special friends, Janet Wright and Pastor Wiener Pritchett. I tell you what, everything mm-hmm. breathing, praising God. And Amen. I have a little prop here tonight. Do you remember this rock, <laughs> I Wiener? Do. Wiener I gave do. me this rock, and it says, as long as you praise me, I'll be quiet. Mm-hmm. As long as you praise it, yes, be quiet. Yes, we yes, want to keep yes. those rocks quiet. Yes, I'm absolutely. not going to have a rock and you know, I, I, I look at this rock all the time, and yeah. I, I appreciate this. And, yeah. and it's so true because praise we need awesome. to praise him. And, Janet, thank you for it's sharing that highway. special part of your story with yeah. us. Because And you are still praising him. Yeah. And what a yeah. testimony, girlfriend. Yeah. It got oh. even better. Oh, yeah. wow. You know, it occurs to me as I'm, as I'm listening to your, your story, I'm thinking about when does God show up? Mm-hmm. You know, again, in our Western mind, we want to create the right atmosphere. You oh, know, sure. we we got the program, and you know, this this is how he's going to show up. And and uh, I've I've become convinced that he maybe sometimes has some fun confounding that. Right, I'm thinking. Well, look at when he shows up. When Gideon is outnumbered, right? Uh, he okay. he shows up when Paul and Silas are in yes. are in prison. He shows up in the middle of the night in a church yeah. with a high drug manufacturer blasting the walls out with with music. Mm -hmm. You know, isn't it amazing 
where he chooses to show up. And I think, you know, for, for both of you, and, and, and you live this out so well, you're just available. Yeah. You know, Wayna, you were just available. I was. You know, and, and, and Janet, there you are at the front of the line. And, yeah. you know, what? In, in your own inimitable manner, you said, yeah. here I am. I'm, right. I'm, I'm ready she to go. <laughs> and, and, you know, we don't have to orchestrate that. God no. provides those opportunities, he doesn't does. he? Yeah. I'm just curious, um, Janet, to go from a, a preacher's kid, you know, to drugs and drug manufacturing and being at the head of that line. Tell us a little bit about that road and uh, God's sense of humor and, and how he yeah. just rains down his <laughs> blessings in the midst of all that. Well, um, my uh, mother passed away when I was 11 years old. And so, um, you know, my, my mother was a prayer warrior. And she wrote a letter to us and said that she never prayed for riches um, on this earth, but she prayed for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ for every one of her children. And um, when my mother died, I rebelled, and uh, life went down the tubes from there. Um, I married at about 19 and um, briefly visited God. And I mean briefly, about three years. And then my husband, um, then truck driver, um, had this new little thing called methamphetamine. And it ravaged the next 17 years of my life. And I knew, um, it's funny how um, things begin to be hard. And um, you know that that's Christ knocking on your door. And you can run and run and run. But with love, he pursued me. Mm. Yes. But, you know, those prayers of, from my parents were still before him. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's how that became full circle. He he orchestrated Wayna being where she was and me being in the condition and where I was um, to bring us to where we are today. Um, you have to have been there in order to um, honestly serve people that are there. Mm. And I can tell you that I can serve them because I have been there. Yes. And I was there for a long, long time. And so um, that really honestly helped us through our food ministry, which Absolutely. ended up being um, me being the donation coordinator. And it got huge. And... Uh, we had uh, several food ministries going at the same time and park ministry and radio show. Mm-hmm. We got to be very busy, and that was God just blessing us. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. But I think we need not pass up the miracle, Janet. Which, which miracle? Well, <laughs> that day that I walked in the sanctuary and her face was red and swollen, and she said she had been there praising all night long. Janet has not used since that day. Amen. I hadn't used, um, and and I remember uh, Wayna came over one one day, and she knocked on the door, and I opened the door, and I looked up at her because I was laying on the floor, and I said, you know, I dreamed I was I was getting high, and I could smell it. And I could taste it. And her eyes got big. And I said, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> it was just a dream. It was just a dream. But, you know, that's the way Satan is. He's going to bring that right yes, back yes. around. And he can bring it clear down to you taste it and you smell it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God in his grace and mercy. Yes. Um, 
gives you all the strength you need to say no. And I know you know this, both mm-hmm. of you, who the sun sets free. Yes, amen, free. amen. And um, it took me several years before I could go back around um, the people that I um, was used to being around, only because, you know, um, God kept me away from there until I could um, be there without being stupid <laughs> so I could stand up with his grace and mercy. Yes. You know, you know, and as we all attend the packed meetings today, which dear friends, that's the parole and community team. Yes. Because, and, and listening to you address these people and to watching you to know them and to interact with them and to <laughs> serve them and to anywhere love without them. Somebody saying, Hey, Jenna, <laughs> what's you <know>? up? <laughs> but you know, and, uh, and that's another wonderful thing about it is that I can't take her anywhere without yeah. somebody you know, knowing her and how many people have come through our food ministry because Janet was there. Mm. They came to the food ministry. They got food. They got hugged. They got encouraged. You know, they got the things that, that God had for them and they've changed their lives completely. They've, yes. they've stopped using or, you know, they went and got a job that, you know, and it, it, I don't, I can't even tell you how many people that just having Janet uh, there, we go to the pack meeting. We'll sit down. She'll say, "There's so and so. There's so and so." And when they come over to the table, you know, she'll say to them, "You need to come and and see us." And and when they do, or they call for a food box, she's able to say to them, "You know what? You need to step out of that or whatever." And and because she's Janet, yes. and she's always been Janet out there, they <laughs> listen to her. They respect what she says. Mm. God uses that old lifestyle. Yeah to woo and to bring mm-hmm. others. Well, and, and isn't it interesting how God works through relationship? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and so often we approach ministry in a what I call a hit-and-run evangelism type thing. You know, bing, bang, boom. You know, yeah. we put the notch in our gun, we're gone. And uh, it is it is so powerful when we stay, at, as our friend Ross Bryle says, to stay with the stuff, stay at the table. Isn't yeah. that, a, they talked about that, uh, Janet, how important that is to have a consistent presence in, in, in the areas where mm-hmm. you're ministering. Yeah, and um, I can tell you that whenever you have somebody from that um, other lifestyle um, that comes and um, is washed by his blood, it takes um, someone... Um, a lot of time to mentor that person. You just don't walk in and out and all of a sudden you're transformed and you have no issue. Um, it takes every day, Wayna would be at me, every day, every day, every day, every day. And um, it took that. God knew that it was going to take that. Mm. Uh, it's far too easy. It is As soon as God is saying, over here, Satan will send 20, pe- 20 people over to say, oh, look what I have. Mm-hmm. And so it was very important. And I want to stress that to anybody out there. Don't just say oh, say that sinner's prayer and run away and think that that person from then on has this wonderful life. It's not like that. Thank Take you. your time and mentor that person and call on them. Pray for them and pray with them. Not just initially, but every day. Make it priority in your life that um, their spiritual life is um, on the right road for success. Otherwise, we feel like we're a statistic, don't we? 
Yeah. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. And, and it's so powerful uh, thinking. Uh, and I, let me ask you a, a probing question here, okay. Wayne, because I think it's something that, that we in, in ministry often run up against. Can you rescue everybody? No. Can you have hundreds of Janets in your life and, and, and do it? Or, or does God call you to, to focus on a few? I, oh, boy, that's a tough one, Mike. Um, there are always going to be those few Janets that are that are special to you. Are you going to rescue everybody? No. But you can certainly put it out there to many, many, many Um you know, that's what I was saying a while ago. Just just the food ministry alone. People come in for community service. You know, if they need to do community service, we're able to do that with them. And they come there, and when their community service is finished, we've loved them so much, they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And so we just add them to the family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we when I stand up in front of the, the group of people, I say to them, welcome to our family. You know, and you have those new people. How many new people do we have tonight? And they say, eh. and I say to them, well, you know what? I want you to know um, you don't have any reason to feel uncomfortable with us because everyone in this ministry has either been a drug addict, an alcoholic, a hooker or something, you know, uh, be comfortable. Uh, will we save them all? No. But we put it out there week after week after week to several, as many as we can possibly can. And, and it's amazing to me how many have come and just stayed, you know, when we have people that are going to church and, and all that now serving God with their whole heart that came to the food ministry high and in need, but because we didn't pitch them or because we didn't hit and run, you know, because we were there week after week. And because even, even when they came high or drunk or whatever, we loved them anyway. And you, you plant the seed. Absolutely. And some of those seeds may be watered and, by and somebody. grown we by somebody else. We all have a part to play in it. Yeah. We don't Amen. all get to reap. We all have yeah. a part to play. And That's don't they right. see yeah. the authenticity? They know yeah. when you're being real. Yeah. yeah. They it's, know. They yeah. see a phony baloney. They yeah. can tell it. Sure. You're not going to save them all, but you can mm-hmm. love them all. That's mm-hmm. well, yeah. yeah. And that's what we yeah. are called to do. And I, and I appreciate both of you, your, your emphasis on what we would call discipleship. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. being that friend and being there for the long term. And uh, you think of Paul and the investment that he made in, in Timothy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Titus. And, other, and, you know, he, he got, God called him to invest his life into a couple of men, you know, to pass the baton. Yes. And uh, I, I would imagine that God has just used both of you in incredible ways to, to uh, connect with others, the people that he has mm-hmm. chosen, and, and, uh, and really pour out everything that he gave you into them. I have learned so much from Janet. Mm-hmm. I learned things about the drug world that I didn't know. I learned how to cope with some things in my own son's life that I wasn't quite aware of. I learned how to walk with a friend through cancer mm. because Janet um, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, we, we walk through that. So and you don't know. I mean, I opened the door and said, I'm sorry. And little did I know that I would learn from her how to walk through a horrendous disease. I didn't know I would learn that from her. I, you know, <laughs> when I opened that door, you don't, we just don't realize who God is going to send to bless us. I have learned so many things from her. You know, she had, she has had so much to offer 
in not only my life, but so many others. You know, I am, I am blessed. I thank God for her every day. Well, I thank God for you. I would never went through all my therapy, but she was there every day. Mm. You know, it was still uh, young enough that, no, I'm not going to do that. But she was there every day, so I went. And then I come to find out she cried all the way over there every day. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. doubt yeah. that. <laughs> but, you know, I, well, it's yeah. hard to be. And yeah. I think we need to understand that, too, in the, in, uh, especially in the churches. Mm-hmm. We need to reach out to the people who are doing the driving. Because uh, I, f- I felt um, uh, I was taking her to be poisoned. Mm. It was very difficult. How hard was that? I was taking her to be zapped with radiation, mm. you know, and I knew that it was burning her, and, and I felt really, really guilty. The last day that she had her last radiation treatment, we were involved in a women's conference, right. and while they were all going to lunch, we were going for her last radiation treatment. So when we broke for lunch, her and I went and jumped in the car, and we got about a block in the church, and I just broke down and just said to her, I, I am amazed and I'm, you know, just Janet, I don't, I couldn't have done that. I've learned so much from you because I, I could not have gone through that, what you've done and, and just been so brave and bold. And and she said, I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't God been God certainly punctual. wired you differently, didn't he, Janet? Yeah. She told me I was punctual. And that's yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I was upset one night and I was praying and God said, don't sweat it. It's not to your death. And I said, oh, okay. At that very point, I felt like it was all good that there was um, a message that we were supposed to be there to minister to others. And we had great opportunity in that infusion room. And uh, we got to pray with wonderful people. And uh, we had um, God's influence in that room. You are amazing. It it was a good thing. We did. We'd sing praise songs while we were sitting out in the waiting room. Yeah. You guys are too much. And I I think you're displaying another great lesson here about real ministry. God doesn't ask us to fix people. What, yeah, what you're doing is what he, he you're asking. He's asking us to love people. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, and right. and and to just be, yeah. you know, in his presence, just yeah. be there, right? And allow him to work through us. Isn't that the? the there's no. I guess it's a mystery because we we tend to think we have to fix this person somehow. Oh, we got to sure. Yeah, sure. That's not what God really calls us to the, do, is it? The when best yeah. thing that God yeah. has done is he's taken all of those extra jobs away from us. Mm. And he said, let love be your greatest aim. I am the judge. You don't need to do all that. You just yeah. have to love him anyway. Thank you, Lord. So, Thank you, yeah, Lord. Yeah, we don't have to do all that extra stuff. Preach it, sister. Yeah, yeah come on. Not our job. <laughs> yeah. How can people get a hold of you, ladies, this ministry? How can people contact you and talk with you and be encouraged by you and support you and just get more, glean more from your fields? How can they do that? They call you, Jen. They usually do. <laughs> yeah. And my card is with my number, 209 214 Two five seven seven, and it rings at any time of the day or night. Mm. It doesn't get shut off. So, yeah. and Pastor Wayna, if you ever need someone to um, sit down and um, uh, just talk to her, bounce whatever off of, um, you 
You've got a number there, girl? I do. Okay. It's 209-480-9439. And I, too, am available 24-7. I sleep with my phone by my bed. You know, this is just so uplifting and so encouraging because, Wayna, I know that you personally have been through your own valleys. Oh, and, brother. Uh, you know, a <laughs> house just burned down recently. And, yeah. and I mean, the, the children get yeah. sick and uh, with your son in prison. And you, I have three of them just, now, by the way. Unreal. Yeah, 11, just, 9, and 6. My goodness. And I homeschool them. Yes, you do. And, and I wish the radio people could see your face. You know, we're, we're talking about all this. There's radiance. <laughs> and she smiles all of the time. Just, There's uh, just radiance, right, yes. about, <laughs> about this sister. And, and they're always as ra- – I've never seen you we where I'm seeing you. a you know, dark cl- – I'm, I'm seeing God's radiance. Even you know, when like she weeps with others, yes. there's Thank radiance. You, yes. Thanks. Absolutely. But let me give you those phone numbers again, friends. Uh, do you want to talk to Janet? Area code 209-214-2577. That's uh, 209-214-2577. And uh, Wayna at 209-480-9439. That's 209-480-9439. And this hour has gone like way too fast. Way too fast. And I tell you, you have blessed our socks off. Yay! And we thank you so much, Janet. And Wayna, true blessings and examples of loving your neighbors as you love yourselves. Dear friends, I hope you were blessed as much as we were inspired and uplifted as you do the body of Christ. Thank you. We love you. And you must come back. We will. Thank you, dear friends, for listening. And uh, we hope that you'll be back and join us next time. May God continue to bless you.